Welcome back to the MLS Net Boys podcast. I am here with Jacob. I am here with producer Isaac. After a thrilling day yesterday of conference finals, how are you doing, Jacob? A lot better than anybody in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> we were talking about that. You texted us, and then we were also talking about it yesterday and today as well. How horrible that must feel to be a Cincy fan right now. Not to rub it in, but like literally the worst way I can picture a season ending. Do you, think, do you think that's worse, or would it be worse if you just got blown out like 5 nil? at home in the playoffs. I mean, that would be, I guess, technically worse, but... Or would it be worse to make it to MLS Cup, tie it up in the last minute, go to stoppage time, go to penalties, and then have your club legend miss a penalty and then lose the cup? Talking Timbers or Philly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think... For me, that was worse, what Cincinnati did, because at least Portland made it to the cup and made it to the big stage, you know, and they weren't playing like a direct rival, right? This was to host MLS Cup, the winner. Pretty pretty terrible. Yeah, that that has to be heartbreaking as a, as a Cincy fan, um, as well as a Houston fan. Like, the Houston game seemed to be pretty heartbreaking. It was pretty one, one-sided one in that game. I will say in that one, Houston being eliminated, when I looked at their Twitter account, sorry, X, when I looked at their X account afterwards, all their fans were like, you know, I'm proud of this team, proud of Ben Olsen. Like, they turned it around. Nobody believed in us. We didn't believe in this team and this hire, and we made it, like, really far. They hold their heads high, even though they disappointed. <laughs> Whereas Cincy, I don't know. I mean, I think it's tough because they won Supporter Shield. So I guess we should disclose. I mean, for anybody who may not have watched or doesn't know the results, um, LAFC won at home against Houston 2 0. Cincinnati loses 3 2 to Columbus in extra time. But the point I was going to make is uh, if you were to ask a Cincinnati fan, three years ago, even two years ago, if they would be content being in this position, having one supporter shield and then losing in the conference finals, they'd probably like snatch at any opportunity of being near that. Totally. Um, it's just, it's the way they lost. It's not that they lost, yeah. I guess it's the way it happened Two nil up against your big rivals at home with 15 minutes left after you scored one that didn't count to make it three nil had a golden chance to make it 3-0 later on. But, I mean, when you look across the field and you see Christian Ramirez warming up, you already know it's over. You know the game's over. Apparently, man. <laughs> that guy has been lights out for Columbus. I mean, he had a hot streak earlier in the season, got dropped from the starting lineup. Kind of just seems like a humble guy who knows his role. Whenever he's question questioned about it, he just kind of gives the same answer that almost seems like it's coming straight from the coaching staff like he just says he's like you know I have a different skill set than some of these guys I bring something different to this team and when I get out there like it's my opportunity to do that and you love to see that like not even just as a, a, a Columbus fan but like a fan of the league see a guy who's just 
willing to put in work and be a role player for a team like this. You insinuating that you're a Columbus fan here? I don't know, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm wearing a Colorado hat right now. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Respect. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So Columbus crew goes on. They're hosting MLS Cup. And we kind of talked about this before, but in the long scheme of things, after the whole – they lose MLS Cup 2015 – they go through that save the crew movement. Looks like their team is going to be moved. They win MLS Cup in 2020, hosting it, and now they get a chance, another chance to host MLS Cup. And that's three MLS Cups hosted since 2015. That's pretty crazy. And they get the All-Star game next year. Columbus is the soccer epicenter of the U.S. This is where – this is it, man. Like, this is what soccer in the U.S. means. And I, we talked about it last week, but I just love that a market like this is where soccer is, like, really thriving. And I don't know. I mean, it's just, like you said, like, the, the fact that the club almost left the city not too long ago, a few years ago, um, you know, and then they win the cup, I don't know, what, four years ago now, three years ago? 2020, yep. Um, and now to do, you know have another appearance it's just it's an amazing story for them i love it and this one's in their another thing their brand new stadium that they opened as well so another thing you know one thing i'm going to turn this down off the positive stretch here that stupid jackhammer celebration thing they do when they score a goal that's going to be at the mls cup heck yeah dude you, th you don't think anybody in columbus was saying that about that stupid log cutting thing they do. That makes sense, though. <laughs> How does the jackhammer not make sense? Dude, even crew fans kind of trash It's a blue-collar team. Dude, you look at a Colum You look at any soccer game, for that matter. You don't see a bunch of burly men. You, you look at a Columbus crew. You look at the city of Columbus, and you just think, that's a blue-collar, a lot of construction going on there. <laughs> that's what that's what Columbus scre screams to me. Are there, are there any other professional sports teams in Columbus? There's a hockey team, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Other than that, though, <laughs> soccer. <laughs> any other soccer city right there? I mean, sort of, yeah. I mean, they got Ohio State, like the college, college football, college basketball. That's, that's, not, the that's not professional sport. Biggest nearby thing. Ohio has a lot of pro sports teams, though, actually. They got Cleveland Cavaliers, Cleveland Browns, You're Cincinnati. Getting rid of my uh, my point I was about to make, dude. Columbus is a soccer city. Do yeah. they have a claim to being Soccer City USA? No, because that's an arbitrary term. Even though Portland says they're it, sure. I like the fact that they say that. And there's some history that I think kind of backs that up, but... St. Louis claims that. Kansas City claimed that when they were the national team training center. Atlanta's probably going to claim that now. Well, if you were to say one city other than Portland is Soccer City USA, what city are you picking? I think for the history, St. Louis had a decent... I think now that they have an MLS squad, they have a pretty decent argument for it. I think Kansas City was probably the next closest... Missouri, all this Midwest action, um, probably Kansas City, I would have said. Because they were the U.S. soccer, like, official, like, training 
facility or whatever it was. I could see that. I could see that. Whenever I look it up, it just only gives me timbers stuff, but that's just because of how Google works. I will say... Ah, this this isn't mean. Crew has a great atmosphere in crowds now, the last five, six, seven years. However, right around a little bit before the Save the Crew movement, like 2013, 2012, I want to say, it was pretty dead at Map Free Stadium, I'm not going to lie. Right? And, yeah, I will say, saying your Soccer City USA, like Portland, their reasoning behind it was... They had a lot of history. They had the NASL team, Portland Timbers, over 50 years almost of soccer history. And they support in high numbers their women's team and college soccer teams. So there's, been, there's been good support in Portland for soccer since the, like the inception of the team. Right. Across multiple different teams, not just their one team, right? Yeah. So I think that definitely factors in, too. Congratulations! We officially made the MLS we Cup podcast about the Portland we Timbers. We won something. <laughs> we we've done it yet again. We have shifted the the topic of conversation to the Portland Timbers. You baited me there, though. You knew I was going to end <laughs> up there. But uh, I don't know. Should we should we kind of dive into these games a little bit more? You think uh, our brief no. five minutes? No, enough? because I want to talk about the Timbers posted on Instagram. Phil Neville go. <laughs> Going to the academy? I'm just kidding. Um, I I don't know. I, I kind of want to discuss these games a little bit more. Just I do l- too. a little bit more in depth. Uh, Cincinnati Columbus, we talked this up as being a shootout. I predicted a 3 2 Columbus win. Jacob predicted 3 2 Cincinnati. And all the way up until the 115th minute, it was right on the verge. It could have been either of us was going to be right. Turns out. Columbus snags another goal. Christian Ramirez comes up big. But this game had everything. There was so much like intensity. You could feel it from the fans, the crowd. Um, seems like both sets of players kind of knew what was at stake. Not only just you know a, a berth to MLS Cup, but for the rivalry. It seemed like they were all pretty bought in. The intensity was really there. It's a night that's going to be remembered forever in that rivalry right and just gut-wrenching stuff you were spot on you said 3-2 Columbus well done where do you think after a game like this you mentioned the last podcast you think this is the stretch where Ohio (laughs) takes over and makes a lot of cups and are competing for things where do you put this rivalry Cincinnati Columbus in the the sphere and we're not. I don't want to talk about the other ones in depth because you know we're gonna rave about our own team. But just ranking wise, well, we don't have to rave about it because it's like almost a fact. Everybody kind of says Cascadia. I mean, even other people around the league I acknowledge really? Cascadia is probably the top rivalry. I think where you get people who aren't saying that is like I MLS, like Shills. I feel like I see a lot of people say El Tráfico is the number one. Now, well, those which are I disagree. People, those are people that work for MLS or live in LA, who. You know, I mean, it's there's more money in that rivalry than there is in the Timbers-Seattle rivalry. So I would say Timbers-Seattle is probably number one. In terms of quality, I would put the hell is real Darby probably number two right now. 
I, I don't know if the atmosphere is quite there as the same as like El Trafico, but it felt pretty close. It's it, it seemed pretty close and it's been intense all season between them and then when you look at the quality of both teams, that I think puts them ahead of El Trafico. Do you think after one good competitive season between the two, I, I'm going to pump the brakes on it a little it bit. It was competitive last season as well. Competitive, but I don't even did the crew I don't even know if the crew made the playoffs last year, did they? I don't think they did. No, they didn't. So for me, all right, Cascadia number 1, number 2, I'm going Toronto, Montreal. That's a crime. That is a That is a crime. Those are both just this You're season, talking about this competitive? Season, those, both those teams are crap. I'm not talking about comp. I'm ranking the rivalry. So at this at this current time, yes, the Cincinnati-Columbus one is ahead in terms of quality. But MLS Cup 2016, I know that's going to f- almost a decade back now, but they were in the same spot. Toronto, Montreal fighting to, to play MLS Cup. And for me, that just shows you how quickly the parity can take over in MLS – but still, when those two teams play now, and especially since the fact that they have the Canadian Championship, which is pretty much whatever MLS Canadian team wants to win it, they're always playing each other in these big games still, even though they're garbage teams now. So for me... I don't know. I, I think if you're... I wouldn't put them up there. I think another one that has a shout, even though it's brand new this year, is the Darbecue. SKC and St. Louis. See, to me, that's crazy. Not just because it's MLS, but when you look at the cities, the cities have had a rivalry for a long, long time. So when you look at, like, sports in those cities, I know they've had a huge baseball rivalry. Um, So that kind of cuts a lot deeper and already gives you, like, a hatred. Like, when they get a new new kid on the block, St. Louis, there's already a hatred between these two cities. I completely agree with that point, and that's why I put Toronto-Montreal up there. Because they have that as well. They're two cities that hate each other. Same with Portland, Seattle. Like, it stretches across sports. Because they're hockey teams or something? Hockey used to be baseball up there. I can't give it to a Canadian team. Canadian rivalry. This is the first. Those two teams are mostly irrelevant in the terms of, like, MLS contenders. Montreal's I mean, like run pretty horribly. Toronto's going down that route of just being obscure. But for a while, seven, eight years, Toronto was top tier team in MLS. So I, I can't give it to Columbus or in Cincinnati or SKC St. Louis. I'll go through my top five and you can give me yours and we can do some more conjecture. Alright. So number one, Portland versus Seattle for me. Number two uh, Toronto versus uh, Montreal. You almost said the right <laughs> answer there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Um, number three, I think El Trafico, LAFC, LA Galaxy. I think that's gone pretty up there. And number five, that's a tricky one. Wait, did you just go number three to number five? Oh, number four. See, I'm all over the place now. I'd be okay. I don't know. I'd be okay giving the number five sp- four spot to <laughs> um, this rivalry because they have played each other about six, seven years since since he's been in Open Cup. They actually played in the Open Cup before since he was in MLS. And then number five, I would go New York Red Bulls versus DC. 
Not even going to put the Hudson River Derby I was going to say, if you said Hudson River, I, w- I would put Hudson River as the worst rivalry in MLS. Rocky Mountain Cup? That one's better. You Salt Lake is dumb. I mean, if you're talking about crap teams, <laughs> I think the Rocky Mountain Cup, personally, where I, I'm coming from as a fan, I appreciate that more than these two mega corporation teams that fight over the fact that you're in New York City. Yeah, well, we've been here longer. Like, just stupid. Like, n- both those teams just argue about the stupidest stuff. The funny you play at a baseball stadium, but we're actually in the city. It's like, but then, so that lost all of suck. its that lost all of its flair to me around the same point when New York City started having to play home games in New York Red Bull Stadium. Yeah, right. Yeah. The funny thing to me about all of this rivalry talk, you've got the Cascadia rivalry. Timbers in Seattle, and then their little brother Vancouver. <laughs> then you've got Toronto, Montreal, and then they have their little Canadian brother Vancouver. Vancouver needs a real rival. They don't really have a rival because right? it seems like Vancouver is like the friendly one in every rivalry that they're in. Which is funny because they're like they're kind of by pure proximity, they're closer to Seattle actually. And and seems like Timbers are pretty friendly with Vancouver. Seattle's pretty friendly with Vancouver. Like, even in the, you know, the chants that they sing in the stadium, it's always, like, even when you're, like, Timbers are playing against Vancouver, we're doing chants, like, talking crap about Seattle and just, like, kind of throw, like, Vancouver in there a little bit, which I think is hilarious. Um, But let's hear your top five. Cascadia, for sure. If we're going right now off, like, it's tough. Because I think Cascadia has declined a lot, in primarily due to the Timbers' like incompetence. Like the but fact I that we don't make playoffs devalues our rivalry. See, I don't think so personally. I, t- for me, when you watch the game, there's some buzz out of it, but I don't think it's due to the teams being crappy. I would, I don't know. So it depends how you're ranking it, because it seems like you're ranking it based purely off just the spectacle of the rivalry game, and that's it, and just how the fans, multiple factors, show up. Because if I, I'm more so ranking it based off the strength of the team, like right now, currently this year, the strength of both teams, and I mean, if you're the importance of those rivalry matches. Like, there's off-field importance. There's bragging rights. But when you look at Seattle and Timbers play each other, their importance, like in the table when they play each other, is a lot less important than like Cincy and Columbus who are fighting for top spots in the East. Right. But once again, this is only one season of that, so it's hard. That's why. That's why I'm saying, like, just currently this one year. All right. So then, if it's purely based off that, then you kind of just look at the table, right, and just look down the list. Yeah. You could, but there's also two teams. You know, you could have teams that are fighting it out at the bottom of the table. More importance there as well. I don't know. I mean, I would put Cascadia top purely out of being a Timbers fan, being a lot more you know involved in that rivalry, having seen it firsthand. Cincy Columbus, it feels like it's pretty close. The fan culture is there. I think Cincinnati. It almost feels like they've just been beaten up on for so like the little brother that just gets like the crap beat out of him for three years and then finally is like big enough to fight back. Kind of feels like that. Feels like there's a real like kind of hatred between these two teams now, especially after last night. Um, third, I think I would I would put El Trafico. There's like a real kind of just hooligan energy about that whole thing. 
where it seems like there might be like a fist fight. Yeah, it seems like a rivalry similar to like Boca Juniors and River Plate. Like somebody's going to get killed outside the stadium or something like that. Like cars are getting flipped over. Uh, <laughs> fourth, I don't know. I kind of almost want to go with. I have a soft spot for the Cali Classico, even though it doesn't really have anything to it anymore. I like, was going to put that one in there. Honest, there's just a good history with it. it. And the the fans really do hate each other, honestly. And I, that's I, that's why, I, I don't know, when you said Red Bulls, D.C., I feel like there isn't that same hatred as, like, a Cali Classico, like San Jose and LA Galaxy. I feel I, like there's some real distrust, not distrust, disdain. I was going to put that one in there. Yeah, I, I spaced it. And then there was another one I missed, too, that there's I was going to put in. There's another one. There's two that I'm kind of fighting with. One that actually has some history. you got to go down to Copa Tejas. you got to go down to Texas. I feel like Dallas-Houston is a good rivalry. Austin's kind of their Vancouver. Um, and then there's – so that would be my five. I would go Cali Classico at four, and then I'd go Dallas-Houston at five. So you got – I don't know because – Portland, Seattle, you said, then Columbus, Cincy, yeah. at two, at three, El, El Trafico, four, Cali, Classico, San Jose, LA Galaxy, then five, five Dallas, I'm, Houston. I think, but I also, I think I'm going to actually, I'm going to dump them, I'm going to go the barbecue. I think SKC, really? St. Louis. The, dude, the games they had were insane this year. The fans turned up, there's already a hate, like a hatred between those cities, and just the intense and it seemed like the players really bought in. Like you saw a lot of just like players like chirping at each other, like late tackles, just it was a hard fought game every time they played each other. That's true, but that's just how St. Louis plays when they just are annoying. Yeah. True, but I don't know. I just I love that. I think another one that is building up that's gonna be interesting to see in the next couple years is uh Miami and Orlando. I With agree. Miami just pumping so much money into this team and then Orlando kind of building their entering, squad entering like a dominance like period in MLS like they're kind of on par with a Columbus right now like really really solid well built well built team I was actually going to say the one I was going to put in I went number 1 Portland Seattle number 2 El Tráfico or no number 2 Toronto Montreal number 3 El Tráfico number 4 I said the Columbus Cincy number five. I'm going to put Columbus Cincy at number five and at number four. I'm going Atlanta Orlando. Those really? two teams hate each other. And that one was cool because it wasn't really a forced one. At first they were just the two teams in the South. Right. And now you've got Miami, which is more of a natural rival for Orlando. And you've got Nashville and Charlotte, which feel like more natural rivals for Atlanta. Yet, these two teams hate each other. Yosef Martinez is an absolute villain of that rivalry. Yeah. And it, it really happened kind of naturally, right? Atlanta dominated them from the get-go, which is funny because Orlando was in the league two years earlier, and now it's kind of leveled out a little bit. Yeah, that I, that's a good one. That's a solid poll. What's your, what's your favorite, like, Rivalry that's not an official rivalry, if that makes sense. Like two teams that aren't really geographical, but there's some hatred. SKC and RSL. I was just going to say that for an OG, not even OG, but like 2010s MLS fan, that those were already like 
those are some high stake games whenever they play each other. SKC Houston back in the day, and even this year, yeah, honestly, yeah, I, I always loved RSL SKC. It was it was fun. One thing I've really loved about like classic MLS matchups is when you have two just solid goalkeepers on both sides. Like you had Nick Ramondo and Tim Mealy on the other end, and just watching Between like these the teams like go to battle and just the. I don't know. I always loved watching that because you know you're going to see an amazing game-changing save on both sides. That if they had a different goalie, the game might have been put out of reach. It may have completely changed the outcome. Um, I always loved watching those games. Those are really fun. Seattle LAFC recently. They've met three times in the six years LAFC has been in the league in the playoffs. So that's kind of crazy. That's been good. New York City FC and Philadelphia had a little bit of a thing going. Philly and LAFC. Yeah. If you could create a rivalry between two teams that have no animosity for each other, but if you could like create it and name it or anything, like what what would you pick? I think there's an obvious one. You think so? I want to yeah. hear yours first. You go the the Disney Derby. You go Orlando and LA. <laughs> See, I was thinking yeah. Disney World. Which LA? LAFC or Galaxy? I would say Galaxy seems more like the Disney club between those two. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I was thinking just LAFC, literally the opposite. I was thinking LAFC uh, and Mia- Miami. That does seem like a good one just as well. The bar- the Derby of the league, just darlings. <laughs> Seattle's like their Vancouver. <laughs> just kind of thrown in there as like a third option. <laughs> What about like the most boring like matchup? Oh, you got <laughs> I don't think this <laughs> this is an off the wall shout that isn't really boring, but I think you'd just see like the most limited amount of shots. It would be Columbus and Houston. Just two teams just passing the ball nonstop, <laughs> just waiting for an opportunity and then they lose possession, the other team passes the ball for ten minutes and then lose possession. What do you call that one? The Artur? <laughs> Classico, <laughs> yes, sir. No, but that actually, for a MLS sicko, that'd be a fun game to watch. I think that would have been a good final. That would have been a really cool final. I think probably the most boring one to watch. Can I read your mind? Yeah. Were you gonna say Nashville versus uh, Colorado? I didn't think Nashville. I I did think Colorado. I was gonna say Colorado Montreal. <laughs> that would have been boring. But yeah, Nashville Colorado would be terrible. Or Colorado, D.C. Oh, that would man. be bad. <laughs> Venteke just trying to score on Clint Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> man, yeah, that would be brutal. That would not be a fun. You just two teams that just seem lethargic every time they're on the field. Correct. I'm going to put a poll on X. Let us know what you think the best MLS rivalry is. Dude, everybody's going to say Cascadia. I'm already telling you. I think everybody, it's kind of a consensus. See, that's what I would think. Because we have the most history, and it seems like the rivalry between the cities was built on the back of soccer. No, uh, Nothing else. I completely agree, but I think a lot of your fans who are tuning into MLS now, they don't really care. They want to see like a flashy matchup, and they they go to like El Trafico because they've had Ibras. And you know the fans who just – You're telling me nobody's tuning in to watch Stephen Fry and in between the posts, and you got – Frank Boley <laughs> on the other side trying to go at him. I think you got too many fans 
who aren't really MLS fans, they kind of just tune in for some games. They're the people who just like watch Man City highlights on their phone and stuff like that. They don't really care about their real local league, and yeah. they'll just be like, "Oh, I know Carlos Vela and Ibrahimovic or Ricky Puj." Yeah, yeah. There's no flashy names. I'm gonna watch the one BR football put on their story. Yeah, yeah. You don't. There's no flashy names in the Seattle Portland rivalry. Which did you ever see that Copa ninety? video they put out where they sent a guy over from England to like he he went to a Seattle game originally because he was just reporting on the league and then everybody told him he had to come back for a game like a rivalry game and he came back for that game that was in Portland where we beat them 4-2 and Audi scored a brace and then the chainsaw one yeah I do remember that that was really cool because for a while like the Timbers and the league in general got a lot of exposure in England because of that because it was not only was it probably the best rivalry game between the two of us i would say i mean it was a really i don't know if it's the best game in my opinion it was because i was there and it was freaking awesome i think the best one was that 2018 playoff game up in seattle there's been a lot there's been countless good games and that's what kind of lends itself to cascadia rivalry being the best there's so much history tell you what wasn't that nil no we took our friend (laughs) noah to for the first time for his first ever soccer game oh man um Kick TV and Copa 90 had a lot of good MLS kind of niche content back in the day. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, we I guess we should talk about LAFC. LAFC in Houston. LAFC won. So next up, you remember earlier in the season when I said I'm tired of LAFC and their dominance, and you were like, no, dude, it comes in waves. They're not going to be that good. And then they went through like a month, like, lull, and then they've just been dominant since then. I mean – You're, you were right, but I don't think it's been dominant from them, right? They, they've they've won been pretty good. They've been more professional, I'd say. They weren't like steamrolling teams like they've been. They won 2-0 versus Houston. One of their goals was an own goal. They beat Seattle by one. They beat Vancouver 1-0 in that second leg. They've been good. When's the last time they lost? They, they, lost, to, they lost to Portland in August or September or something like that. I'm going to try and track down their last loss. But, yeah, I don't know. I just I, – and I don't think – I think you look at Columbus and they've been more dominant, quote-unquote, to say. Yeah, I guess they lost – so they lost in October to RSL, the which was their first game after League's Cup. They lost 1-0. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's – LAFC is LAFC. I have a hard time talking about this club because I have like a kind of a natural just disliking for like the big boy clubs that come in and exactly get favored and you know they're allowed they're allowed to splash cash and and do things differently than the rest of the league. The only thing with LAFC is they do sell a lot and they do make a lot of money. So they 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 have a really smart front office. But what's your take on this? So they beat Houston 2-0, ends Houston's run, obviously, and we'll talk about that. But before the game, like, kickoff, there was this shot of their supporter section, and there was just flares everywhere, and they had a TIFO, and it was pretty cool looking, honestly. It caused some controversy online because MLS's stadium policy is that no flares are allowed in any game under any circumstances. And there's been countless times where you know, a supporters group will want to bring, like, one flare for, like, a goal or something like that, and they get in trouble from the stadium people. 
and LAFC had like 15 flares going off at once, and everybody's like, oh, look at supporter culture and like MLS, it's growing. And all these other supporters group people online were like, what the heck? Like, why does MLS like celebrate this with this club? And then like when we tried to do it, they just turned us down. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, it's when you tuned into the beginning of the LAFC game, it was just looked like so much smoke in the air. It's like California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It doesn't surprise me that they would they would do the same thing for Miami. You know, and then meanwhile you got Seattle's lighting off flamethrowers in their stadium every time a goal, <laughs> every time like a, a player accidentally goes off his back for an own goal and then a flamethrower <laughs> goes off in his face. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite memories going up there was watching a game and Seattle had like, a, it was one of those shots where it's like a ball just whipped in like lightning fast. One of their players got like a touch on it and it looked like a goal, but it just slammed the back of like the advertising board and hit the back of the net and like rolled up. So it looked like it just went in the back of the net and instantly the flamethrowers <laughs> just whoosh for the second the net got hit and then it just went off after like a millisecond. <laughs> That's hilarious. A yeah. misfire. But I, I don't know. I mean it doesn't surprise me at all that they would they would allow them to do it. I do think it's kind of silly. Um I think MLS needs to like loosen up in a lot of aspects. Stuff like that, like allowing fan culture to kind of express themselves let fans be a little bit more unique and individual. Like, why can't you allow every fan group to do what they want? I understand it, it's bad for broadcasting when you have just smoke filling up the stadium or the Vuvuzelas going off <laughs> like it's the 2010 World Cup and you can't hear anything. Um, I don't know. I just, but it doesn't shock me. Like, I hear that and I'm just kind of numb to it. I think it's stupid, right? If you're going to do it, ban it for them too. If you're not going to do it, cool. Let us all have fun with it, right? Don't be selective. I think that's the the rational fan's brain. And then all the LFC talking heads on Twitter are like, look at how much attention, like, look at how everybody hates us in MLS. <laughs> yeah, because you guys are annoying. Yeah. You but beer cups at players and light off flares when none of us else here can. I did see that, dude. Franco Escobar. So we haven't really even talked about this, this game at all. Um, LFC wins... 2-0, and in like the 70-something minute, 80th minute, Franco Escobar goes to clear a ball that's crossed in, misreads it, scores an own goal, and then you just see him immediately in the broadcast. He like has his head in his hands. He's on the ground, clearly upset, and then you just see somebody chuck a water bottle from the stands at him that just luckily hits like the post and gets tied up in the net. And then... <laughs> so annoying. And then you see... <laughs> I think it was... Uh, their center back, Sviatchenko, just like picks. <laughs> I saw that. Picks Escobar up and then just gives him like a really soft kiss on the neck <laughs> and then like slaps his back and like sends him on his way. <laughs> That's a family right there. <laughs> that was that was kind of funny to see. That sucked. Escobar, former LAFC guy. And mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, this game, not quite as exciting as Columbus, Cincinnati, but Houston just dominated. I don't even. I don't want to say they dominated the game because they didn't really create many chances. But I mean, they had seventy percent of possession, so they just dominated the ball, and that kind of plays into what you were saying about LAFC. Kind of squeak. They've been more professional. They've been squeaking these games out, and it seems like they've become under Steve Trundle a team that's a lot more comfortable just playing against the ball. 
That's what the commentators were saying, right, was when Chirundolo came in, he wanted that to be a priority where they have, like, a backup plan. So if they don't have the ball, they're a lot more comfortable. And it's, I mean, it's worked so far in the playoffs. Seems like it's become their primary, like, their plan A is just play against the ball in yeah. most, of their, most of their games. And, yeah, Houston had the ball the whole game. And their midfield is so good out of breaking a press, you know, when pressure's on the ball. But they didn't really create anything. They had the ball the whole time. They didn't have many good chances at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough when you play against a team that has, Ki- you know, the dinosaur that is Chiellini in the back line directing them. And I, I don't know. I mean, LAFC has a solid back line, solid defensively. And then on the other hand, like their goalkeeper just pulls out saves that. I mean, Crapo had that save in the first half that would have given Houston the lead. I don't know if you from that ball that. from Herrera. Herrera left footed, kind of like whipped in. Yeah, I don't know who it was on Houston that had that volley. Cord Baird. <laughs> Probably their best chance of the game, honestly. But that would have been so funny if he scored that and just did the crab dance in right. front of the ultras. Dude, you already know that guy would have had a black eye afterwards because somebody threw it. Oh man, that would have been so funny. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Can we I feel bad for Houston. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say. We'll talk about Houston. I don't want to talk more about LFC. Ryan Hollingshead's kind of becoming like a like an X factor. Like in the, in these games, he's scoring playoff goals. He's dude. This was the matchup of two lights out right backs. You got Ryan Hollingshead and then Griffin Dorsey on the other team, who would both have been like X factors for their team, like this last kind of stretch of the season. Griffin Dorsey has come up with some huge goals and been really crucial for uh, Houston. And then same thing for uh, Hollingshead. Love to see it. Houston's dream is over, though. First season for Ben Olsen at the helm. Definite success, right? They won silverware this year. They won the U.S. Open Cup. That's more than 26 other MLS teams so far. I, I heard, you know, there's people having the argument about who would have had the most successful season out of these four teams if they went on to win and I mean on one hand you had Cincinnati who had won supporter shield and then you have Houston who won open cup so that would have been a really interesting final between those two teams would be an interesting third place game as well (laughs) (laughs) the orange uh, team (laughs) classico but I don't know I I, Houston without a doubt successful season would have been amazing if they did the double and won the cup as well but where do they go from here? Like, what's the next step? It was their first season with Ben Olsen. You know, kind of unexpected success. They'll have a bit of a target on their back next year. Everybody's kind of understands that they try and play like a Barcelona-esque, like tiki-taka style. The Ben Olsen way. Kind of looks like they might be losing some of their midfielders. Ache Ache is going to get a little bit older. What What's going to happen with this team next year? I think Karaski is probably leaving, right? That's been the rumor for a long time. He's probably gone. Hector Herrera, probably. Maybe he replicates his form. Maybe not. He is getting older. I think as long as they replace Karaskia, I think their priority would be getting like a lights-out forward, a, a forward who can be a consistent goal scorer. Their top goal scorer was Amin Basi with 10 goals, and six of them were pens. Right? That's why they didn't win this game. They didn't. He didn't get a penalty to score. But they don't have a player. Corey Barrett has been good. He's been serviceable. But picture 
if Baird was in that Christian Ramirez role as a guy who can come off the bench and bring energy and change a game, and they have like a Cucho level forward who can create something out of nothing, score a nuts goal outside of the box, like that'd be a complete X factor in a game for Houston where they have 70% of the possession and only had one real chance in the game. Yeah, I would agree. I think they have a few different things they need to prioritize. Um, obviously, if they sell Karaskia, they need to get somebody of equal quality that they can bring in. Um, a striker, I think, is probably important for them. But at the same time, I think they would be fine not using a DP spot for that. I think just with their game their game model, it seems like they it's more important that they have lights out guys to the center of the field. And then if they just kind of get... You know, if they can get three different guys that they can throw in there, that'll, you know, it's similar to like when Timbers had like Adi and Rudy, like they just kind of had guys that could fill roles for different games. Um, I think it'd be important for them to find a replacement for Artur. That guy is getting old and slow. He was good this year. That guy was good. That guy was good this last year. Don't get me wrong. He was, he was good. He's only 27. But man, does he just seem like he plays like an old man? I and disagree. I mean, and then you have Ache Ache on the other hand, who's thirty something. I think you need to bring in somebody that could slot into that midfield and kind of help. You know, kind of like I, I always compare to the Timbers, but like you need that like next up guy that's going to push them to elevate their level to stay in that lineup. And then you also have somebody that can rotate in there because if they were to lose Ache Ache or Artur this season. I think their season would have been over. I mean, totally, right? But you can say that for a lot of teams' best midfielders. I was going to say Artur. I, I think he's one of their – he's like the forgotten piece of that midfield. They A lot of focus was on Bossy and Karaskia and Herrera. Mm-hmm. But Artur was uh, – there was a quote from Ache Ache saying, like, the addition of Artur this year, just being a sit-at-home, like, defensive midfielder, allowed Hector Herrera to – kind of go out and find the game more so i don't know karaskia is there anybody in mls you think who could be serviceable for what karaskia does for what karaskia does yeah if he goes or do you think they have to go outside of the league um i don't think there's anybody they could get from another team that i think everybody that is on his level there's no way they're gonna sell to houston a player like that you know who I think I could see actually doing well in Houston that could maybe fill that role as a Santi Moreno. Don't say that. I I could see it, I could see that. that happening. Um, that's the only guy I could think off the top of my head that I don't know. I don't think Timbers would let him go though. Um, I was trying to think of somebody that's quality that they could maybe pick up from another team. Who do you, you got anybody in mind? I mean, not particularly. I was more. Th- I'm more thinking about for for striker for them because I think that Artur Herrera Bossy trio in the middle is solid, and if they have somebody serviceable who's not like a liability on the wing, they probably won't be as the level they were this year. But I think they can meddle along and be fine in games. But it's one of those things since they didn't really have a, a lights out striker, they relied on this midfield to overpower them through games. If they're losing probably their best midfielder or second best, wherever you put Herrera, that leaves another hole. 
I don't know, maybe I think Quadwo Opoku before he went to Montreal could have made sense in Houston. But I think there's lots of serviceable, you know, attacking Kate winger. Cowell. No, I'm not a big Cade Cowell fan. What about Jeremy Abobasi? As a striker? You take him at this team. Um, See, for me, that's I, – I don't think so. I mm. don't think so. Really? Because I don't think he's going to move this roster that far forward as, as opposed to some other gets. Because Ibobasi's not really going to be a, a striker. to. He's a great finisher, right? But I don't think he's going to be one who can take on a few defenders consistently and, you know, score goals outside of the box consistently. But I don't think this Houston team needs that because they don't need to play on the break. They don't need to try and play quick. They tr- they want the ball. They want the game to be slow. I agree. But they just need somebody that could apply that finishing touch inside the box for them. But, like, in this game, they barely even had any chances for, like, Corey Bear, except for that one good one, whereas... Where Jeremy Bobasi would put that away. <laughs> I mean, maybe, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean... I think he'd do, like, well, but I don't think that would be a signing where it'd be like, all right. Because if you, if you want a striker that's going to be good on the break, then you... Essentially, this Houston team has to do what LAFC did and come up with a plan B... Where in a game like this, they give LAFC the ball and then they try and play and beat them on the break. Um, I don't know. I think almost they'd be better off going without a striker, doing like a full Pep Guardiola. If you just want to dominate the ball and try and create more confusion for the other back line, if you were to pull a striker out of that front line and pull a little bit deeper and have your wingers go high and really spread that back line thin and just have different attacking options running through. I think that would be a bit more dangerous than trying to get an out-and-out striker and try and force a play style that doesn't really complement what they already do. Yeah, that makes sense, but we'll see. We'll I mean, see who they lose. It's we'll kind of what like a Columbus does. Columbus dominates the ball, but their front three all drift to different areas. They all drift really far wide. Like Cucho doesn't play like a nine. He never stays in the center of the field. He's drifting out wide constantly. Right, and... But picture that Columbus team without like a Cucho, right? Uh, like they don't have to be like a a classic number nine, right? But a pa- a player of like the quality of Cucho. If Columbus, if a team from Columbus, Ohio can get a player like that, Houston should be able to. Yeah, I, I think they could. I don't know. I just I feel like for them that midfield three is far more important. And if I were them, if I'm being completely honest, I do not rate Amin Bossy at all. I would replace that guy. He's had a good year. Yeah, taking penalties. <laughs> <laughs> I always hate that's like a that's something that grinds my gears. When you look at like goal scoring stats and you're like, oh, league leading goal scorer, and it's like half of their goals are penalties. I think it's the stupidest thing ever. It frustrates me because it just seems like padded stats. Yeah, no, like I, if you're looking at passing stats for somebody, just and then you're like, you could dive into it and see how many of them were just Ben Zemanski passes where it was like five-yard back pass to their center back and then they got it back and did it right back to him again and there's like 100% pass accuracy. He had 99 passes in this game and 100% pass accuracy. Just stupid stat padding. But congrats LAFC making it to -to back-to-back MLS Cups 
they're going to be playing away from home this year. Columbus versus LAFC in the championship. This Saturday. This is going to be an exciting game. This is going to be fun because I think LAFC is going to have the same approach they did against Houston. They're going to try and play on the break. Against the Columbus team that makes some mistakes in the back line. They, are, they have a leaky defense, but also against a Columbus team that I think is far more lethal in their attack than a Houston team. Yep. I, I think that's spot on. Some interesting storylines. You got Diego Rossi and Christian Ramirez for Columbus, both playing their former team. Obviously, Rossi was remembered a lot more for their time <laughs> in LAFC. Um, Darlington Nagby going to his fourth MLS Cup. He's won all three That's with crazy. three different teams. Pretty nuts. Does anybody have a better win percentage in an MLS, MLS Cup? Cup? Like playing multiple. There's no chance. I don't think anybody. Like he's won everywhere he goes. Yeah, three different clubs is the insane part to me. Diego Valeri posted about him today on Instagram and had like a very nice, like heartfelt caption about him. Like talking about when he first came into the league 10 years ago. He was a right winger, like a flashy right winger that somehow got shifted into playing a D mid now in the later years of his uh of his career. You know, um, you know who put him in the midfield? Caleb Porter. That's right. And that run to MLS Cup like five games before the end of the season. You're yeah. welcome, Columbus. Even though what a what grew a up career there and went to college there and is from there. What a career for that guy. I. One of my favorite MLS players of all time. I love Nagby. MLS legend, for I, sure. I think most... There's nobody who really dislikes Nagby. And it, it reminded me, watching him again in the Cincinnati game, he has to be, like, the most fouled player of all time. And he never loses the ball. He, he never loses the That's the, the only ball. way you can get the ball off of him. Like, that... I started to get kind of frustrated, because I think I just... I like Columbus, but I'm just a Nagby guy. And just seeing him just get chopped down, like, by Brandon Vasquez from behind every time he got the ball... Yeah, I was – my girlfriend was, like, getting ready because um, we were going to a birthday party, and I was just sitting in my room watching it, and I was just, like, cursing under my breath about Brandon Vasquez and just cursing his career and the lack of <laughs> – Just watching a game, like, 12 states away. Yeah, <laughs> that I have <laughs> no no tie to other than the fact that I watched this guy for, you know, the beginning of his career. But We got his boot autographed, His one of his soccer cleats. But, right yeah, that – I just remember that in Portland when that happened, and then Caleb Porter, like, I think he got fined for it, but he came out and said that, like, maybe if Nagby was a U.S. citizen, like, Clint Dempsey, he'd get the same calls or something, because he used to get fouled a lot. I mean, he always has, everywhere he's gone, but exciting game. Does he win another MLS Cup against LAFC? Ah, man, it's a tough one. I, I'm going... I'm inclining towards Columbus, but I'm not counting out LAFC. I can see I can see it being like a a game where Columbus dominates and LAFC is going to be better at punishing them. I feel like I'm I'm going for Colum- I think Columbus is going to win. But I just feel like Dennis Buwanga is going to torch that back line, dude. That guy is so lethal on a breakaway and with the way Columbus plays they're just going to leave themselves open to so many counterattacks. And it's it's that's a scary scary thing to see. Score prediction? Oh man. I think I'm going to go I think this is going to be another shootout. I think this is going to be probably one of the most open MLS cups we've seen in a while. 
you just wrote down the same exact score prediction I was going to do. <laughs> I'm going 3-2 Columbus. I saw you type that out as I was like building up to saying that. I'll change mine. Yeah, you better. But if I get it wrong, and or if you get it right though, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad at you. What are you going with? I'll go four three Columbus. Same reason you said, but I just want to be different. <laughs> Does this game go to extra time? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be a tight game, and it'll open up that little extra bit in extra time. Total season standings. 82 points for me, 65 for Chase. Good thing this last one's worth 20 points. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth exactly 18 points, just what Chase <laughs> needs. You had an insane stretch of and you br- it getting was the exact <laughs> score for, like, you had one week where you got you didn't get a single one wrong. And it was right after you brought the lead back for me. I think I had like a 20-point lead, and you brought it to like four points. It was really close, and then you had like three games in a row that you guessed the exact score correctly, basically. That was rough. We're going to do a quick game here before we head out. Bit of a shorter pod. Got some duties to attend to after this. We're taking it back to our roots. Episode 20-something, I feel like. We did did a Sporkle quiz. Which is a... It's a fun website. We got a bunch of different quizzes, and we looked up... We wanted to go with a little bit of an MLS Cup theme, so... I picked one for Jacob. Jacob picked one for me, and then proceeded to do the whole quiz himself uh, before we started the podcast. (laughs) So, I don't know. Do you have another one, or should we just do the one that I got? I have a couple. One of them is not an MLS Cup one, but I think it's a fun one. Okay. I was going to say, I got one that might be pretty quick, honestly. So, I'm going to start it. I don't know if there's a timer on it, but we got quick pick winners and losers of MLS Cup. You have to pick all the teams that have both won and lost an MLS Cup, but not the ones that have only won or only lost. So that puts New England out of the equation because they're 0-5. That's pain. All right. All right. You ready for me? What do you got? I was got a one-minute timer on it. Jeez. How many are there? Are you going to give me that or no? Uh, I think 11. Jeez. Because of League of Parity. That's why. All right. Ready for me? Yep. All right. Number one, Portland Timbers. Portland Timbers. Let me find them on here. That is correct. Number two, Seattle Sounders. That is correct. Number three, LA Galaxy. That is correct. Number four, Columbus Crew. That is correct. Toronto FC, number five. That is correct. Now it gets dicey. Yes, 15 seconds, apparently. That's <laughs> right. I can just restart it. <laughs> um, I hate that it put a timer on this. San Jose? San Jose. See if I can find them. Well, the timer has gone up. <laughs> Let me go back to it. Hold up. I'll just pull up the list here. So I've got Portland, Seattle, Toronto, LA Galaxy, and Columbus so far. I got five. Yes. And you said San Jose, right? Yes. Incorrect. Not San Jose. San Jose has two appearances, two wins. Okay. Respect. <laughs> 
That's kind of unexpected. Um, we got six so far. Portland, Seattle, L.A., Galaxy, D.C., Columbus, and Toronto. Yep. There's five more. Wow. Who have won and lost MLS Cup. Chicago Fire? They haven't made more than one, have they? Chicago Fire has made three MLS Cups. They have won one and lost two. That is correct. Kind of surprising. So I'm at four, or I'm at seven. Four to go. Yep. Who else do we have? Philly choked. New York Red Bulls haven't made it in one except for one. Orlando, no. Vancouver hasn't made it one. Oh, Sporting Kansas City. SKC is correct. We got three more. Rail Salt Lake, I know. Correct. Houston. Correct. Two more. Oh, man, that's tough. Who am I missing with this list? There's two we're really missing so far. Dallas hasn't. Do you need a hint? I could take a nice cheeky hint. I got to think of it. That won't give it away completely. Oh, it's... No, I already said DC. <laughs> Why is that? It's <laughs> <laughs> like flew up to my face. Uh, this is a team we talk about very often. It's not Colorado. They've only made one. Colorado. What? They've made two appearances, 1997 and 2010. Only won one. I knew they won one. I didn't know Colorado made two. Good for Colorado. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any other ones we've missed. So let's go through your list again. So we got Portland, Seattle, LA Galaxy, DC, Columbus, Toronto, Chicago Fire, Sporting Kansas City, RSL, Houston, Colorado. That's it. Actually, I think that's all. That's all. That's of them. all of them. You didn't do it in the minute timer, so it doesn't count, but. <laughs> Oh, man. The teams that wouldn't have counted that have made it to MLS Cup, Atlanta United, they've made it once, won it once. New York City, made it once, won it once. LAFC, made it once, made it a second time just now. New England Revolution, made it five times, lost all five. New York Red Bulls, made it once and lost. Dallas, made it once and lost. Philly, made it once and lost. That is all. Do you have a sporkle for me lined up? I got one for you. All right. So, can you name the last five MLS Cup winning goal scorers? So, I'm counting the penalty kick in a game. Oh, uh, man. Like the, the scored penalty kick as well. The last five. The last five. So, going back to last year. So, last year, I already know that was Ilya Sanchez. Yep, because you get that commercial every yeah. five minutes. Every time I watch an Apple TV show. 2021 MLS Cup. NYCFC. Also a penalty kick shootout. Um, oh, What was his name? Um, Shoot. It was one of their defenders, I know. Yep. It wasn't Cheneau. Shoot, what is that guy's name? Dang it. I know it was one of their center backs. And I don't remember who the other center back was. He transferred to Girona in La Liga. What? Last. With Castellanos? 
afterwards. Yeah. Weird. That's really weird. I don't know if I'm going to remember this guy's name. Also drilled the game-winning PK in two rounds earlier to beat New England Revolution. Peru national team. Man. I don't know if I'm going to remember his name. Alexander Callens. Oh, that's right. I knew it was a center. I knew it was their center back, but I just could not remember his name. Solid MLS center back. All right. So you got Callens. 2020 MLS Cup. Columbus Crew. Put the beat down on Seattle. Um, That one's tough. I'm trying to remember. I know Zellerayon scored in that game. But I don't know who else did. Was it Zellerayon? It was Zellerayon. He had a yes. brace. They won 3-0. He scored first. Derek Etienne Jr. scored <laughs> shortly after. What and a then legend. Zellerayon added a third. 2019 MLS Cup. Cover your eyes. The Seattle Sounders won 3-1. Ooh. And so the game-winning goal would be the second goal, technically. The second goal in that game wasn't Jordan Morris, was it? Was not on the score sheet. I didn't even watch that game. I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't even, I just didn't want to even have to sit through that. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like the usual suspects that score for Seattle. I'll give you who it wasn't. So there's three people who scored. The console, or the, the, the goal to make it three um, was Rui Diaz. The other two are pretty not who you'd expect. Was it early in the game they scored their second, or was it pretty late on? 76 minute. So they scored. Give me Brad Smith. Not Brad Smith. That's Dang a great it. guess, though. <laughs> so they scored in the 57th to break through, 76th to go up 2-0. Mm. Um, I'm guessing it's not a forward, then, if you're saying that. So I'm going to go with Roldan. Oh, dude, that guy didn't score. How do you know which one I'm talking about? <laughs> Either or. I'm just kidding. Guy's got a boot on him, to be fair. I'm not sure if I remember. It's probably going to be one of their center backs then. Nope. So the first goal was Kevin Leardam, oh, the defender. <laughs> <laughs> the second goal was Victor Rodriguez, the Spanish midfielder. Didn't oh, play there man. for a ton of time. but I forgot about that guy. Yeah. And then 2018 MLS Cup, Atlanta United over the Portland Timbers. It was a 2-0 scoreline. King Joseph, wasn't it? King Joseph after poor Jeremy Abobasi got manhandled. Manhandled by Jeff Lorinowitz. (laughs) That was so sad. That was a tough one. Watched his his first real professional year. Going to receive a ball, and then Jeff Lorinowitz just trucks through his back. Referee just doesn't even look <laughs> twice at it. <laughs> Plays the ball through, and Joseph Martinez scores. <sighs> that was sad. That was a sad one. Was that was that it? That was it. That was five years. We can do one more if you Let want. Me, I got another one for you. MLS Cup runners up. Who? <laughs> this goes all the way back to 19... 19- 96. It's got a seven-minute timer here, so let's see how many we can get. 
in the time frame we are going. Portland Timbers. I should add a couple in there. I think it's – oh, wait, okay. So, wait, we're going – what year do you want to go with? you got to pick oh. the year, and then I can I can type it in. 2018, 2021. Whatever, I can just type in Timbers. Yep. 2019, 2021, Timbers. All right. What else you got? Toronto FC. <laughs> Which one? Uh, 2016, 2019. Okay. Seattle Sounders, 2017-2020. All right, all right. Those are all correct. Columbus Crew, 2015. Okay. New York Red Bulls, 2008. 2008, he's going deep cuts. Okay. 2009, LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy. On, I can't even type. Cannot type correctly. Galaxy, correct. Houston Dynamo, 2011 and 12. <laughs> Two years in a row against the same team. Yep. As well. Rail Salt Lake, 2013. I typed in Slat Lake. Correct. <laughs> New England Revolution, 2014, but they'll be on there like four more times. New England. What about 2022? Um, oh, Philly. Yep. Jim, everybody hates us, Curtain. And what else we got? 20, I can't spell Philadelphia. There we go. 2010, Colorado Rapids won that year. Dallas. They played. 20 or two. Okay. You've, you've gotten from 2022 down to 2008. We're getting into dicey territory here. 2007 Houston Dynamo won. Was it against the Revs? That's a pretty safe guess. Yep. <laughs> 2006 Houston Dynamo also won. Uh, I want to say the Revs again, but I don't. I don't know for sure. Should I type it in? I think so. Yep. <laughs> the Revs again. <laughs> 2005 LA Galaxy won. I think it's the Revs again. I'm, I don't want to just be lazy, but I think it's them again. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> they made <laughs> three in a row and lost all three. Oh, man. 2004, D.C. United won. Chicago? Nope. I mean, I know a safe one, but... <laughs> uh, Galaxy? Nope. Man. It's not New England either. I just tried it. We can go to a different year if you'd like. Yeah, let's do 2003, San Jose won. 2002, LA Galaxy won. One of those I know was against the Revs. <laughs> I want to say 02. <laughs> oh, man, this is <laughs> just us bagging on the Revs. <laughs> yep, 02. Galaxy beat the Revs. That leaves, you said the Fire lost two MLS Cups, so one of them's got to be Fire, I think. It was 2003, San Jose beat the Chicago Fire. So do we need 04 still? We need 04 and then 2001 to 96. You remember the first ever MLS Cup? Galaxy lost. Galaxy, what about DC United in 1997? I don't know. New England, a good old try there. Oh, 97 was Rapids, I know. I think that was, yeah, you're right. What about 98? The year I was born. That was Chicago Fire. 
who won it. That's correct. Against who? Not New England. <laughs> Not New England. <laughs> that leaves me out of options here. Um, I don't know if the Galaxy made another one. I mean, they've won five, so maybe. Not the Galaxy. Not the Colorado Rapids. Not the Crew. Not the Crew. Dallas, maybe? Not Dallas. Man. San Jose, you said, went two for two. Yeah. Did Miami or Tampa Bay make a final? Miami. Oh, Not man. Tampa. I can't even think of the original Miami team. Miami Fusion. Miami. Nope. Jeez. Another year. 1999, D.C. United. Nothing? Nothing. I You'd have to guess. I'd have to guess. I don't see anything on here. I mean, we did pretty good. 22 out of 27. With a two minutes left. 2,000 Kansas City Wizards. Oh, man. I forgot about Kansas City. Was that Who was that against? Uh, in 2000. They played Kansas City won. Oh, they won. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought that was one of the answers. Well, they probably lost an MLS Cup, too. You want to try that? Uh, let's see. Kansas City. Not coming up for either of the <laughs> other ones. 98 or 99. DC? Maybe DC lost one of those finals? DC. Oh, I, all right. I got. I just got the answer for 2004. You got another guess. Who, who won it? It was DC that won it. Oh, well. Chicago Fire? Nope. It was Kansas City Wizards. 1998, I just got as well. Chicago Fire won. Against Kansas City? Against D.C. United. We have three left in 45 seconds. 1999, D.C. United. Who did they beat? Galaxy. That is correct. 2000, Kansas City Wizards. Who did they beat? Chicago Fire. That is correct. 2001, well, one San Jose Earthquakes. Who did they beat? Kansas City. For the win. No, that's not right. Oh, uh, no. 20 seconds. DC United. That's not right either. Galaxy. They're both Western Conference teams. Oh, shoot. Was it even conferences back then? Oh, you're right. It was Galaxy. We had 10 seconds left. Did we win? We won it. We won. We got all 27. We got 100%. The average score of the person who does this is 62%. So if anybody is out there questioning whether or not we're, we're you know, the right guys to do a podcast, we just guessed every runner-up in seven minutes. That's MLS Heritage. <laughs> that is Heritage. Oh, man. So anything else we need to go over? We did our score predictions. Feels I weird. I think that wraps it up. That's a short one for us. It's getting hard to do these uh these episodes with so few. We'll be back next matches week to talk we'll about. We'll be back next week with a big MLS Cup final, and then off to be silly nil, season. It's gonna be a nil nil game that ends up going gets, to penalties. Gets rained out. Seattle. Everybody misses their penalty, and it yeah. goes to <laughs> goes to sudden death. Seattle. Oh man. Anyways, 
thank you all for listening. Find Phil us Neville. on X. <laughs> Phil Neville, ready. find us on X. <laughs> uh, please leave us a review. Share the podcast. And as always, Griffin Dorsey, Keegan Hughes, come, come on, on the, the show. show.